0: This is the second in a two-part series on accountability. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines accountability as an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. In my research, I found a very strong link between trust and accountability. Like any trust relationship, this one too is reciprocal. If you behave in an accountable way, I will trust you, I will give you autonomy because I trust you not to abuse it, and you will then trust me and be even more accountable. Accountability cuts across many relationships, from personal to professional. This is the second of two episodes in which, through stories and my research and trust model, I will discuss several aspects of accountability, the link between accountability and trust, and give you 10 ways to be more accountable and trusted. I gave you six ways in the previous episode. Here are the last four, four ways to be more accountable. As a professor in SMU, once I read an article, a research article by Juliana um, Schroeder from, uh, I think she's from UCLA or Berkeley, Berkeley maybe. And she did something interesting with her students and I decided to do the same thing. So in my class, I split everybody in classroom to project teams. So they all have to work on this one new company that, uh, that they're proposing to start. Well... I did an individual survey, and I asked every person on the team to give me or write up their contribution uh, percentage. So if it was 100% work to to do the project, what was your contribution percentage? On average, people are in uh, four student teams, so on average, you would expect that the average contribution would be 25%, right? Because you got four people on the team and add 25% four times, you'll get 100%, right? When I averaged it, I saw that it wasn't exactly 25%, but when I multiplied it by four to see what the average contribution of a team was, I found it to be 139%, 139%. By the way, um, Juliana Schroeder found um, 140%. So we were very close. And why is that? So she has her own explanation. Um, I do believe that we overstate uh, what we contribute, uh, our contribution. Uh, We think that we contribute more than, than we really do. But in the context of trust... There is another aspect to it, and that is that we trust people who contribute no less than we do. So I want you to think about that. Uh, We have a a project. You and I are working on a project. Um, We have a very tight deadline, and we work really, really hard on it. And, and well, actually, I shouldn't say that we work really hard on it because you come to work every morning at 6 a.m. You don't go before, uh, home before 10 p.m. You work on weekends. You bring your lunch and eat your lunch or order your lunch at your desk because you have to meet the schedule. We have to meet the schedule. But I show up at 9. I leave at 5. I don't want to hear from you after 5, and I don't want to do anything over the weekend other than my own personal stuff. Do you trust me? Well, by the way, I don't have a problem trusting you because, as the fourth law of trust says, trust is asymmetrical. But you have a problem trusting me, right? Because we don't trust people or we don't trust people as much if they contribute less than we do. So being accountable means that you have to contribute, not just think that you contribute because that adds up to 139% for people. You have to actually contribute no less than the other person. This is how you th- the other person will trust you, because you contribute no less than them. Being accountable means that you demand of yourself not less than you demand of others. You know, people don't trust people who demand less of themselves than they demand of them, right? So if you're a leader and you demand from your employees more than you demand. From yourself, they will not trust you. Being accountable means that you give more than you take. One morning uh, during the COVID 19 pandemic, I remember. Uh, watching NBC, and uh, I was watching the local station. So at about 7 a.m., at exactly 7 a.m., they switched from the local affiliate uh, NBC DFW to the national Today Show uh, from New York. And so I remember that I listened to um, to the local affiliate, and they said that the number of COVID cases in Texas had declined 60%. And I thought, wow, that's that's great. That's that's great news. Well, it wasn't five minutes later. This was five minutes to seven a.m. Five minutes later, they switched to the uh, today show, and the today show starts with the sharp increase in the number of COVID cases, the positive cases. Uh, and specifically they talked about Texas increasing by 81%. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. I didn't even touch the remote control. I'm on the same channel. This has been five minutes. In the span of five minutes, the local affiliate reported that the number of COVID cases declined 60%. Five minutes later, the national affiliate, same network, said that the number of cases in Texas, specifically in Texas, went up 81%. What happened here? Well, what would help explain it better is if I said what they said right after that. Because with the local affiliate, right after saying that the number of cases declined 60%, they immediately talked about the governor banning mask mandates. So the fact that the number of cases went down 60% was a helpful fact to the fact that uh, the governor had banned mask mandates and i'm you're not going to get me to talk about to take a position on this and talk about that uh, on my uh, podcast what did they say in the new york in the national network when they said it went up 81% right after that came a call for people to get vaccinated so obviously because the number of cases went up 81% people need to get vaccinated that, my friends, is called confirmation bias. This is when you only care for information that supports your position. But I was a little apprehensive about this, this change minus 60%, plus 81%. Where do they get their information? I bet it's the CDC. So I went to the CDC website and I found something interesting. When I looked at the chart, when I looked at the graph, I saw two things. I saw that over the last month, the number of cases went down 60%. But over the last week, it went up 81%. Now, did the local affiliate said that the 60% decline was over the last month? No, they didn't. They just said 60% decline. Did the national station say it went up 81% in the last week? No, they didn't. They only said 81% up. That's all they said. In other words, neither one of them provided the full picture. And when you do that, you're demonstration, demonstrating confirmation bias. And when you demonstrate confirmation bias, other people don't trust what you Say, being accountable means providing all the information, even if even the things that don't support your position. I'll repeat that again. Being accountable means providing all the information, even the things that do not support your position being accountable also means that you say i don't know that you say i'm not sure about the information people will trust you more when you provide information that does not support your position and say you know i don't know how to reconcile this people will trust you more when you say i don't know on something you don't know and you don't just make something up or only provide information that supports your position let's talk about feedback. Uh, there are two types of feedback and there's positive feedback and there's negative feedback. And, and I feel that I need to to clearly define it. And I know that I'm going to have many, many, many more episodes, well, a few more episodes on giving feedback uh, because there's a whole workshop that I do just on that. So positive feedback is feedback about something good that you have done. It's It's not just feedback given in a positive way. It's feedback about something positive that you have done negative feedback is not feedback given in a negative way it's feedback given about something bad that you have done and if you think that you've never done anything bad uh, just stop listening to this podcast it's not for you it's for people who actually every now and then do bad things including myself things that are not perfect things that fail so negative feedback is not feedback given in a negative way. It's feedback given in uh, about something that you have done that's negative. So we often avoid negative feedback. You know, we we just say that everything is great. Um, we're not going to say anything is bad about what you did, or you're not going to tell me that anything that I did is bad. And there are several reasons why we do that. Why we avoid giving negative feedback. Feedback about negative things. One is because it creates bad feelings. And we don't want to create bad feelings to the other person. We don't want the other person to feel bad. So we're just going to say how great everything that they've done is. Even if we don't feel that that's right. And by the way, when we're not saying what we mean when we're not being genuine, when we give feedback, people will not trust us. We avoid doing that because it's awkward. You know, it it feels awkward to me. I mean, it's one thing that you're going to feel bad when I give you that negative feedback, but it's another thing that I'm going to feel awkward giving that negative feedback. So I avoid it. Uh, We also decided, you know, life's too short, employment is too short. Let's just kick the can down the road. Let's make this somebody else's problem, okay? I'm going to say that everything you've done is great because I know that on the next project, I'm probably not going to pick you up. And I'm probably going to find a good reason why I'm not picking you up. Uh, That's that's another reason. I'm not going to have to tell you that it was because, well, your performance was subpar. Your performance was not great, was far from great. So we're just going to kick the can down the road. Make it somebody else's problem. Another reason is because we want to avoid litigation. Because some people don't take negative feedback very well. And they may even sue us. So you know what? Life's too short. Why bother? Let's just not give negative feedback. But here's something that I want you to remember. About feedback that you get. Positive feedback makes you feel better but negative feedback makes you better do you want to feel better or do you want to be better well if you want to be better then you need to be able to give, to get to accept negative feedback. But I'm going to turn this around because we're talking about accountability. And accountability means not only that you're willing to accept negative feedback and the other person will see, oh, you know what? This is a receptive person. And one thing I found, by the way, if I feel that you're receptive, I'm 76% more likely to trust you. I'm going to trust you 76%. No, I'm sorry. It's the other way around. When I trust you, I'm going to be 76% more receptive to your feedback. So what do you have to do to be more trusted? You have to be more accountable. And to be more accountable means that you're giving real feedback, even when it's uncomfortable, to you and to me. But you're still giving me real feedback. I trust, the people I trust the most in my professional career, and even in my personal life, are those who gave me the feedback that I needed to hear. Not the feedback they thought I wanted to hear. They didn't tell me, what I wanted to hear. They told me what I needed to hear, as uncomfortable as it was. That's what being accountable means. By the way, one of the the, the practices that I really, really not like, okay, to use a, a, an easier term, is when people say, you know what, other people have complained to me that you... Did that ever happen to you? Did people come to you and say, other people told me that you, or other people complained that you, somebody else said that you, being accountable means that you own the feedback. I don't care what other people think about you. Well, if they really think something negative about you, my being accountable would mean that I'm going to encourage them to give it directly to you. But being accountable means that I'm going to own the feedback that I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you, this is my first-hand impression. Not somebody else said that. Trust law number six says that trust is reciprocal. And and I explained to you that it's not just that if you are trustworthy, then I will trust you. Or if, if, if I'm trustworthy, then you will trust me. That's that's pretty obvious, but it works the other way around as well. If I trust you and I show you that I trust you, then you will behave in a trustworthy way. Because otherwise you're going to experience something that's called cognitive dissonance, which is you feel one thing that, that is inconsistent with your actions. You know, you feel that I trust you, but you know that you didn't earn that trust, and it's not that you didn't do anything active to earn that trust. You know that you're not trustworthy enough to earn that level of trust that you feel that I have in you. So, trust and trustworthiness are reciprocal, and as a result, think about it this way: this is uh, you can find it in the book of trust and in my workshops. The, the these two circles, okay, two cycles. One has trust and trustworthiness. If I trust you, you will behave in a trustworthy way. If you behave in a trustworthy way, I will trust you. The other one is the distrust cycle. If you behave in an untrustworthy way, I will distrust you. If I distrust you and I show you that I distrust you, which, you know, frankly, it's going to be hard for me to distrust you and not let you see it. You will see that I don't trust you. You will feel, you will know that I don't trust you you will behave in an untrustworthy way because you know what what's the point right this is how we get stuck in those circles now if we are in the trust circle i trust you you behave in a trustworthy way you behave in a trustworthy way i trust you or vice versa i behave in a trustworthy way you trust me you trust me you show me that you trust me i will behave in a trustworthy way that's fine that's a good cycle to be stuck on the problem is if you get stuck on the other one. And when you start typically a relationship, you, you kind of start in the middle. So I'm not sure if I can trust you. I'm not sure how trustworthy do I need to be because, you know, I don't want to be too trustworthy if you don't trust me. So I, I look at it as an upside down U-shape. Think about an upside down U-shape, kind of like a heel, right? And think about a bull, sitting on the top of the hill, that ball is going to start rolling left to the trust-trustworthy cycle or right to the distrust-untrustworthy cycle. And once it starts there, it keeps on going and you're going to get stuck. How do we not get stuck? We need to tip it in the right direction, in, in the direction of trust and trustworthiness. And the way to do that is by starting slightly ahead of what you feel from the other person. Let me explain it better by saying that being accountable means that you're going to start by trusting the other person even before they earned that level of trust. Now, I'm not talking about trusting somebody with your life, trusting somebody at the 100% level, when you don't know anything about them and you, don't, you haven't experienced anything. But let's start by saying, I don't know how trustworthy the other person is. Let's just put it at, let's, say, let's call it 50%. I'm going to trust them and demonstrate my trust. Not at 50%, not at zero. I don't wanna show them that I don't trust them until they really, really prove to me that they're at 50%. I'm gonna start at 55% or 60%, not at 100% either. That's too risky. So being accountable is starting to trust another person even before and slightly ahead of them proving it through their trustworthiness. On the flip side, being accountable means acting in a trustworthy way even before, even ahead of the level of trust the other person has in you and has demonstrated that they have in you. So even if you don't feel that they trust you as much as you are trustworthy, behave in a little more trustworthy way than they trust you. This is how you get into the cycle of trust and, the, and uh, trustworthiness rather than fall to the trust to the cycle of distrust and untrustworthiness. In summary. If I go back to the dictionary definition of accountability, and I'm using Merriam-Webster's, it is an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility to or to account for one's actions. Accountability is a personality trait. It has a very significant impact on trustworthiness. People who are accountable are more trusted than those who are not. In the last two episodes, this one and the one before, in those in this two-part series, I gave you 10 areas where you can accept responsibility for your own action. Or in other words, be more accountable. And as a result, be more trustworthy that will build trust. Because building trust happens. When both sides are accountable. Remember, just when I talked, like when I talked about communication, there there are two sides to it. I'm just focusing on your side here, and, and this is, by the way, why my trust habits workshop and and the book of trust and and all of my trust habits work and, and framework is focused on you being more trustworthy. So hopefully, this time I gave you ten tips, 10 actions that you can take to be more accountable and as a result, be more trustworthy. I want to finish. This is uh, the second year of uh, 2022, but what I'm going to tell you should probably work at any point in time. I wish you a happy new year, but not just that. I wish this year, this coming year, to be the best year, better than any year you had before and worse than any year you'll have in the future. Thank you for listening. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at trustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, Find my books on Amazon or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you and can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.